Welcome to the Circle City Cinema with your beloved host and the one and only Zach Griffith, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Circle City Cinema. I'm your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined as always on the WandaVision episodes by the founder, Alex Burr. Oh, Zach, Zach, what a wonderful time. What a beautiful ending to a beautiful series. I thought this is going to be one of your questions, but I thought the series was really, I thought, you know, people were expecting a lot and maybe they were disappointed, but I thought the series ended well in spite of my high expectations, I'll say. Yeah, I mean, the first question was, did they stick the landing? And I definitely think they did. Uh, you know, I think this show had a lot of pressure on it. Number one, because there hadn't been anything Marvel-related since Far From Home, which is kind of impossible to think about. Like, that's a year and a half ago. It was the last time we got anything MCU-related. But uh, And number two, it had to uh, establish these Disney Plus shows and give them solid footing. And I I think, I totally think they, they accomplished that. And they also had to establish phase four. This is the first phase four content we've gotten. So they had a lot of pressure on their backs and let's face it. Both of us, I think had zero to none expectations coming into this show and none. It blew both of our expectations away and bravo to the team at Marvel because now I'm very, I was already excited for Cap, for, uh, I keep saying Cap and the Winter Soldier, for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I either say that or Bucky and the Winter Soldier. I really got to kick the habit. It's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but. Cap 2. It's basically going to be an exception. It's going to be watch Sam Wilson become Captain America. <laughs> so, hey, I'm here for it. I love Sam. I know that's the one you're looking forward to the most. I mean, we, we've talked about that a lot. And you're <laughs> two weeks away. My friend, two weeks away, not too I, far. I will be doing a lot of stuff for the NCAA tournament, but once um once the final four is passed, I can't wait to just demolish all of the 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 Winter Soldier content that I missed. So oh, hell, um, yeah, I can't wait either. But uh, how how will you remember this series, Alex? Uh, you know, it's a it's a mini series, so it's only one season. Uh. How, how are you going to remember this WandaVision? So I think the important thing for a miniseries, if you aren't going to come back and like, so I never finished True Detective, but I, I want to, but I did finish Watchmen. I did finish Watchmen. And the thing that stuck out about, stuck out about Watchmen is that it left you wanting more while also leaving you satisfied with the ending. And this to me fulfilled that. Like I want more from this world, but what more could they have? Like, the more that they could explore, they answered pretty, pretty well, while also while also leaving you wanting more. So I think that's the beauty of the whole situation is that, yes, there are still a lot of questions left unanswered that thankfully, unlike Watchmen, we'll have answers to them because there's going to be a lot more MCU content in this show, particularly the last credits, the last two credit scenes of the show, I think will lead into two separate movies. So... I think that the show what was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> how, how are you gonna remember it? I think the show will be remembered for just being a good kickstart to phase four. And I think the Yeah. I think that's probably what I'll remember it for. And just for the 
like I don't remember being excited for this show for a show week to week like this ever. Like even Mandalorian, the first season, I was not this pumped up looking forward to the episodes week to week. So if Marvel can get us hooked on that model, like our generation, then I think that'll probably be what I remember it for. Yeah, you know, I got into Game of Thrones late, as you know, but um, I think that is going to be the last show that people wait for on a weekly basis. And that's how I kind of, that's how I think I'm going to remember this show is that, yeah, it's only a mini series, but I'm going to remember the anticipation, especially in the earlier episodes. I mean, not knowing what the fuck was going on the first two or three episodes, and then trying to come up with all these theories, seeing all these theories on Twitter and just trying to figure out what's going to happen in the next episode. Also, uh, great acting from the two leads. I'm going to remember that. Um, I think we should remember uh, Tiona Paris because she's going to be pretty big down the line. <laughs> and Catherine, Catherine Hahn with the ultimate heat check, Alex. Catherine Hahn had a 2002 Barry Bonds World Series performance. <laughs> she was just hitting diggers after digger after digger. She was just on fire. Like she was Steph Curry, you know, in the game against the Thunder where he hit the half court shot to win it. He, she uh. was. But she was doing all those things. She was just absolutely on fire. Um, NBA Jam, she's on fire. So, (laughs) you know, I made this point on the Coming to America pod with Caleb how I think comedic actors have the most range. And I think Catherine Hahn kind of proved that here. Yeah, you said that. And the first person that came to mind was John C. Riley. Yeah, totally. you watch you watch John C. Riley in any movie, and he fits in perfectly. Like Talladega Nights, which is my favorite combination movie between him and Will Ferrell, just absolutely phenomenal timing. Wait, I'm not supposed to be friends with you. You <laughs> you married my wife, <laughs> Cal. Shake and bake, and like I was thinking of like those combinations, and Catherine Hahn got her start or one of her big breaks. In a Will Ferrell, John C. Riley movie in Step Brothers. Right. And you're right. Even the jokes in this episode were just on pat. Like, absolutely phenomenal jokes. A lot better than Hayward's pun that we'll get to probably later <laughs> oh, in the episode. But oh, that was that was horrible. That was he horrible. cemented his status as definitely don't call me Gordon. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, yeah, the you're... writers the writers were setting Catherine Hahn up really well because uh, mm-hmm. they were writing Agnes slash Agatha. You could just tell they were playing off her talents. It's like, so to go back to the Barry Bonds comparison, it's like she was, the writers were throwing her batting practice and she was hitting 600-foot bombs in the McCovey Cove. Yeah. Like, that's what was happening. Like, she, they were setting her up, but if you, like, it doesn't matter if you get set up well if you swing and you miss, right? Right, right. And she hit her perform like her performance. She knocked it out of the park. She probably, as much as I loved Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, who you shouldn't feel that much emotion coming from a guy with that much red makeup on, but you do. You do. Catherine Hahn to me is probably going to be the person, I, the actor I remember most from this, from this series because she, she killed it. She killed it faking playing an empathetic person. She killed it faking playing the the nosy neighbor. She killed it being the villain. Just multifaceted yes. performance from Catherine Hahn in this whole series. And you could even tell she was like 
conflicted. Like you could kind of feel a sense of conflict. Like, yes, she was trying to absorb Wanda's powers, but she also was terrified. Right. And I, I really like, we'll talk about that more later, but I really felt that coming from, from her performance as Agatha, like she was terrified of what Wanda was and she was trying to prevent it, you know, however ill her intentions may have been. So I thought that she, Catherine Hahn, if no one else gets award recognition, you know, I said I would riot if <laughs> if Elizabeth Olsen didn't get um, award recognition. I'm still mad at her for the cameo thing, but you know, uh, whatever. Her, her and Paul, dude. I mean, come on, man. Let's let's actually transition that. So, did no cameo let you down at all? I will say no, because I thought it was funny. Because basically, Paul Bettany said in the GMA interview, he was talking about himself. <laughs> And you know what? As much of a like troll move as that is, I can respect it. I can respect you coming out and say an actor I wanted to work with my whole life is yourself. I I can really, really respect that move, Zach. I know you probably don't appreciate it as much, but someone who appreciates chaos like myself, I, I can appreciate Paul Bettany coming out and saying that. Uh, I knew I knew you would. I knew you'd like it. Uh, but now it's it let me down a little bit little bit um i think the thing that let me down more was quicksilver basically amounting to nothing in terms of uh x-men i saw a tweet today it was a uh, it was one of the thanos memes and it said all that for a dick joke <laughs> to be fair it was a pretty funny dick joke that i did not see them getting in there but especially on a disney series i mean shit but boner uh <laughs> ralph boner did, did it let me down? I mean, yeah, a little bit. I was expecting, you know, I mean, if you've listened the whole season with us, I wanted Doctor Strange the whole time. We got a brief mention of him a little bit, but didn't get to see him. Uh, but no, I didn't think. Here's this, the thing with, like, fan service and stuff like that and anticipating these big cameos. Uh, we tend to overdo it as fans. And I think it's not uh, the writer's fault if we are let down for that. It's mm-hmm. our own fault. <laughs> well, I would say part of the fun is like guessing who is going to like who the cameo is going to be. Right. Like like that. W- that was probably one of the most fun parts of all our podcasts other than me doing gods. I was strong then on a loop. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had to throw a Bobby B impression in there because it feels like I've done one for the last four episodes. Um, the whore is pregnant. <laughs> Your mother was a dumb whore with a fat ass. <laughs> um, Robert, Robert Baratheon, even though he met an early end, he on our next week's podcast, he might be a high lottery pick. You never know. Well, that's a little. You didn't, that's you didn't, you didn't like the hands joke. <laughs> it's a little. That's what we call a tease in the industry, folks. But yeah, I think that the listen. The fun of it all is trying to guess what's going to happen. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. But if you're right, there's nothing more gratifying than being right. Like, it's a no-stakes game that people... I think the problem is too many people are putting stakes in whether or not they're right. I mean, listen, the thing for me that's fun about the cameos and the speculation about the cameos is just, like, there's there should be no stakes involved in it at all. Like, you should be able to... You should be able to, you know, just guess. And part of the fun is just you don't have to be right. <laughs> you know, like Agatha right. Harkness. Like when I guessed Agatha Harkness, right? 
I knew it was probably going to happen, but what was more gratifying was that eventually it was revealed. And then when I, then when we both guessed Magneto, when Magneto didn't show up, I wasn't like, oh shit, Magneto's not here. I was just like, oh well, I was wrong about that. And I moved on with the show viewing experience. The the low stakes thing is just one of my favorite things about the whole show and about the whole theorizing and stuff. And no cameo, no harm for me, just personally speaking. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, that's the same for me. Um, and we talked about this is a great starting point for further MCU series. I mean, there's a bunch on the docket, Alex. I mean, there's just a, there's a ton. We got one coming in two weeks, and then Loki right after that, and then just keeps going. But uh, will you go back and binge all the episodes of the show now, or are you just going to leave it as it is? I probably will at some point. However, probably not in the next six months. Because uh, I, <laughs> this was an emotion. This was an emotional roller coaster that I'm not ready to hop back on just yet. Admittedly, so give me no. a few months. <laughs> me neither. I mean, I watched you and I both watched all of them. I think at least twice, and I think that's uh, that's enough for at least a year for me. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Especially with another one right around the corner. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> But uh, let's get into the plot, Alex. Wanda versus Agatha to start things off. And then Vision versus White Vision. Vision versus Vision action. I love it. Monica, uh, as we haven't seen her in a couple episodes, she's still trapped by fake Pietro. Pietro. Pietro, yeah. And Wu, Jimmy Wu, the only competent sword agent, calls the feds. One of two competent sword agents, I should say. I don't don't really count uh monica has a sword agent anymore she's she's past that <laughs> i mean of course and then uh agatha frees the westview residents temporarily i should say um and they start begging i mean dotty who we haven't seen since the shit months since, really since aster since uh she asked ralph i think that's what his name no ralph was uh Agnes is supposed to have been <laughs> mustache guy. Right. Yeah. Um, we, haven't, mu- we haven't seen her in a long time. We haven't seen her since her. the 70s. <laughs> she thinks uh, she's, she, you see how desperate she is right away. She's like, hey, our kids can be friends. Just let me out of this. Let me see her. It's really tough, actually. And then um, uh, Agnes or Agatha says the Scarlet Witch is more powerful than even the Sorcerer Supreme. So uh, that's all I'm going to get on the Doctor Strange front this episode or the whole series. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough for me to swallow. Hey, they tossed you the tiniest little chicken bone there. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, damn it. Damn it. I still, I still all the hope. So this is like if you peel a rotisserie chicken and this is like one of the little bones. That falls through the falls through the cracks when you're peeling the rotisserie chicken. This is <laughs> this is what they gave you, Zach. So they give the dog, right? It's the, that's what I get. And then uh, the aforementioned Ralph Boner. Uh, we get we get all the X Men theories and hype led up to a Boner joke. So that's even Marvel is not above dick jokes, Alex. Listen, nobody should be. <laughs> I don't like. Listen, the lowest graded comedy is still comedy. I mean, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Can we agree Blazing Saddles is one of the most oh. is one of the greatest comedy movies of all time. Well, yeah. And one of the funniest fucking jokes in the whole movie is them just eating beans and farting for like a minute straight. Don't tell <laughs> me that you can't make anything comedy. I'm sorry. 
I'll take lowbrow comedy. I don't. I'm not here sniffing like pointing my nose up at you know this this middle school humor. I I, I indulge. Oh, I indulge too. Mom jokes, dick jokes. I don't care. Whatever. I don't. I'll take it. I'll take it any way I can. It was just a. It's kind of. I don't know. It was. We'll get into it, but yeah, you know, X Men, Quicksilver. It's tough. Tough. <laughs> Uh, Wanda tries to end the hex, but she sees that vision and the kids, uh, they're going to start fading away. So she puts an end to that. She stops trying to end it. Vision gets through to white vision somehow in, uh, the actual vision regains his memories. I have a complaint about this later, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, the kids, kids, I should say kids take out sword agents. Tough look for sword. Monica saves the kids and Hayward uh, was ready to put a bullet in both of them. Yeah, that's not a good look for Hayward. I mean, <laughs> this again, don't call me Gordon. Um, don't call me Brendan Haywood. Um, I know that's a different last name, but he doesn't even deserve that. Um, just really, really preserve Brendan Haywood. Uh, no, the answer is definitively no. Um <laughs> Yeah, just a really abysmal showing from Tyler Hayward in this series. And I hope we never have to see his ass again because, you know, be- throw him in jail and bury the key right in front of his face. <laughs> right outside of the cell doors. Uh, he, he was he was horrible. And I have a I have a comparison with another uh, MCU villain to make with him in terms of how bad he was. And I want to see I want to see how you think. What you think well, if it's if it's from one of the movies I haven't seen, then it, it might fall flat because I still haven't <laughs> seen Iron Man three or Thor two, and I'm not going to see them anytime soon. So. Oh no no no, it's not from either of those. Okay, thank God. Yeah 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 yeah. You, I think you'll appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> okay. And then Darcy takes out Hayward, sorry ass, and much to uh, everyone's cheers watching at home, they loved it. Uh, Wanda taps into. Agatha's memories, which uh, backfires at first. We take her back to the, when she's about to be burnt at the stake in Salem. I forget what the year was, but it was Salem. 1693. Yeah, tough era for Salem if you're living there. Uh, Transformer, Transformers, yeah. Right. Transformers show up in this episode, Alex. That was the cameo. <laughs> well, Optimus Prime. When Optimus Prime showed up, that's when I knew things were getting out of hand. Well, <laughs> oh, Hasbro's here? What the hell? Uh, transfers her powers to Agatha and uh, she uses Agatha's own trick to trap her. The runes, Alex. The runes. So, of course, as we all know, the witch who casts the runes is the only one who can use her powers in that space. And what a move by Wanda. She becomes the Scarlet Witch, gets the costume, gets the uh, little tiara thing, and Agatha is trapped in her Agnes form for the rest of her days. Um, Wanda vision say goodbye to the kids westview is restored as it was before wanda showed up and the vision she created no longer exists he's gone and wanda tells monica that people will fear her no matter what which uh, uh yeah kind of true kind of true and the ps scenes that you mentioned alex the scrolls visit monica the scrolls they visit monica and wanda hears the boys crying for help while studying the Darkhold book. Um, and that's how it ends. That's how the series ends. Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a fitting end of the series. I don't know if you saw the meme I sent you a couple minutes ago that uh, Binge Mode account posted yeah. on Twitter. But <laughs> the meme was every Marvel 
or every MCU property since uh, Captain Marvel came out post credit scene. And it's just like them rushing to press the <laughs> scrolls button. I mean, so. it's true. It was here. It was uh, far from home. But this one, like, both of those made sense. It's not like it was either poorly placed in either time. You know, Nick Fury is in space. Um, Monica obviously has a massive connection to scrolls, And something tells me this is going to lead into the next Captain Marvel movie. I will tell you, admittedly, before this show, I did not have much interest in going to watch Captain Marvel. It's still one of the ones I haven't seen, but it's lower yeah. tier MCU. But now I want to watch it. That's what they do, man. That's what they did with Endgame. If I mean, if you haven't, I know you haven't seen Dark World, but Dark World is heavily featured in Endgame. Yeah, you know I, that's still gonna be one of my uh, blind spots. You know, sorry. <laughs> Taika Waititi literally saved the series. Oh, literally totally saved Thor. Totally saved the character. Did. Like, I watched the first Avengers this weekend, right? And holy, like, I watched the first Thor, actually. But I went and saw my mom, and she was wa- she's watching all the MCU movies in order. Shout out to shout out to my mom. But she's watching all the MCU movies in order, and she was watching Thor. And it's like, thank God they don't have his eyebrows fucking dyed blonde anymore. Oh. Like, thank God they Taika Waititi saved that character in so many respects, including just literally he. Thank God he's not a dumb jock anymore. Yeah, he was a terrible character. Now he has a sense of humor. Yeah, so. I mean, I give credit to Taika. I give credit to Hemsworth. I mean, uh, they what they did on Ragnarok. I mean, how many series have there been, Alex, where people say, yeah, the third one was the best one? And it's not even close. It's not even close by a mile. By a mile. I mean, honestly, I think Thor 1 is better than uh, Dark World, but uh, not by much. It's close. It's very close. Those those first few MCU movies are a lot rougher than people will say. Like Avengers was a good movie, but man, those graphics were rough. Like they've really mastered it. They like, totally mastered it. I mean, the budget, uh, I want to say it's doubled since 2012 for the Avengers movies, at least doubled. We keep bringing up Game of Thrones and you brought it up in the um you brought it up in the in the Coming to America pod, but something you'll notice in Game of Thrones too is that the more your budget expands, the more cool stuff you can do. Like they, Game of Thrones had to cut out a battle scene in the first that was in the first book in the first season because right they couldn't afford to. By the time the eighth season comes around, they're big, they have a whole hour and a half devoted to one battle. So right, generally speaking, as time goes along for more successful properties, they'll let you do more cool shit. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, in our uh, Road to Fast Nine series, the budget for too fast too furious was doubled the first movie literally doubled and it's it's because it's because they didn't have to pay vin diesel zach (laughs) i I didn't want to say it but uh, yeah the first one first one made so much money i mean nobody saw that coming ejecto cito (laughs) because i haven't i don't think i finished too fast too furious but I found that I searched too fast, too furious. <laughs> I searched and checked those, you cuz, and that's the gif I used <laughs> when I published the podcast. <laughs> so I think that's the phrase that was uttered the most on that show. JD Hall, I know, I know you're shout listening. Out, I know, I shout know out you to JD said. saying eject Cito, cuz. <laughs> Forget about it, cuz. <laughs> that was cuh. painful. Talk about cringe comedy. That was painful. <laughs> Hear Paul Walker say "cut." That's it's funny. <laughs> Forget about it, cut. 
<laughs> but uh, let's start breaking down these scenes here. Wanda versus Agatha and Vision versus White Vision. I got to say, uh, White Vision looks spectacular. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I tried to... There were times where I couldn't tell if it was CGI or uh, makeup. But I think when he like puts his hand on Wanda, that looked like makeup to me. It's really, really well done. Um, I can't really disagree with that. Um, it looks like some Rick Baker makeup to to cross over to another pod. Yeah, from... Rick Baker, baby. <laughs> also, real quick, you forgot, I, or I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but Rick Baker also did a thriller. Right, so, yeah. Yeah. Another his most famous work, honestly. So another addition to his great catalog but um yeah that whole scene with white vision coming in and like so much happened in that first five minutes <laughs> so like, much this episode felt like like we kind of knew this was going to happen right like of all the predictions we had the safest one was this episode is going to have a lot of action in it <laughs> like that was by far the safest <laughs> the safest bet in this whole <laughs> In our oh home. yeah, I mean, we called it last episode. We 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 knew we were gonna see Wanda for Zagva. We both thought we were gonna see Vision on Vision, and that we, that's exactly what we got. What we, we didn't were, get though was a ton of uh, Monica. We did not get a ton. Yeah, Monica had like Tyler Hansborough usage when she probably should have. Oh. had She probably should have had. Uh, oh. I'm trying to think. Like maybe Danny Granger usage. Yeah, you did that to me. He did that to me. Tyler all right, all right. She had Omar Ashik usage when she should have had <laughs> CJ Watson usage. You bring me there. back to draft night 2009. Come on. <laughs> we're not we're not gonna go down this, but I just threw out a random role player. I that was hey, Danny Granger brought back some good memories. I, hey, you know, I have to balance to go with the bad here. But <laughs> would I have liked to see more Monica? Absolutely. But this show isn't called Monica Vision. Right. The show isn't called Mana Watt. Monica Wanda. God, try saying that 10 times fast. Um, this show is called WandaVision. And yeah, it sucks. I would have lo- I would have loved more Monica. She's like probably my new favorite character. Like not favorite, but she's one of she's gonna be someone I'm gonna keep a close eye on for the rest of the time she's in the MCU. Right. And I would have loved more usage for her, but if they only were gonna put out a 45 minute episode, then there's only so much space for her, you know. Yeah, I and I think, absolutely. honestly, I think they used her space pretty well. I mean, saving the kids, um, breaking uh, through to the fake Quicksilver. I mean, I thought, all things considered, especially all the other things they had to do in the finale, I thought they used her pretty well. Yeah, like, I, I can't really complain too much, like, with what, with her role, because this the show is about Monica's grief at the end of the day. Yeah, Like, it took us eight episodes to realize it. But this show is about Monica, or not? I keep saying Monica. This show is about Wanda's emotions, and totally I think, is. you know, if Monica has to get the short shrift, that's how it is. But I mean, she's definitely gonna be set herself. She's gonna jump in usage like Paul George did from his first season to his second. You know, to keep going back to the basketball comparisons. But like, this is like rookie year Paul George, and then you bring him up on this show. <laughs> hey. I'm bringing back the good times. I'm yeah, not, that's right. That's right. Before he changed his number, right. I'm not talking about PG-13. I'm talking about PG-24. That's fine. So He's allowed to be talked about on the show. But, like, that's the kind of thing, like, she's going to get more usage as the show goes along, and that's good. 
like we need you know she's a good character yeah i mean hell she might get her own show somewhere down the line own show own movie she's definitely going to be part of captain marvel too yeah when that that, comes out. that's locked in like uh i'm not putting the sound effect in because i'm not digging this hard but i'm locking it in i'm locking I'll it, lock in. it in too she's gonna be in captain marvel too so <laughs> i think it's a safe bet but again selfishly would have loved to see more love more love to see more monica but i think they managed their time well and i'm gonna go ahead and move on to the next plot point because (laughs) i love this scene jimmy woo (laughs) says the (laughs) he goes hayward somehow arrests him i don't know how hayward finds him Uh, that's a miracle in itself that hayward managed to do something uh productive kind of they didn't say that part because when we left Jimmy, he was in the camp with the uh, uh, other astrophysicist, who I'm pretty sure is a scroll. But <laughs> I think, like, do you think that's a reasonable assumption, right? That the astrophysicist was actually a scroll, and then this person was like the head scroll. You see, I wonder if I'm surprised more people haven't, especially after Far From Home and now this. I'm surprised people on Twitter and stuff aren't just saying he's a scroll, she's a scroll, she's a, he's a scroll, everyone's a scroll. Like these guys are shapeshifters. <laughs> Might be the most prominent alien race in the Marvel universe, I would say. And <laughs> I'm just surprised more people aren't going like, "Hey, they're all scrolls. Everybody's a scroll." And also, famously featured in Captain Marvel, who was in Captain Marvel? Monica. Hmm. <laughs> How hard to put two and two together there. Yeah, but, not her first run in with scrolls here. <laughs> so let me set up this scene so Zach can riff on it because I think the scene is. <laughs> absolutely incredible so they arrest they arrest jimmy woo and they bring him in he's like good job hayward what are you gonna do when the fbi is here within the hour and jimmy escapes the handcuffs uh uses the phone that he stole off the table and he's like hey cliff i need you here within the hour (laughs) (laughs) so what did you what were you thinking when jimmy did that because i first off scene easily escapes the handcuffs easily i mean i thought well, he was gonna pull another magic trick from that i think that wasn't one of the magic tricks though i think because he, <laughs> he said something what did he say when he escaped the handcuffs i think he said the name of the trick that it was flourish that's right yeah flourish i i love the scene you know jimmy Wu, another guy who didn't have a lot to do in this episode but he made the most of his time and yeah. made Hayward look like an ass and freed himself from some handcuffs. So I th- that's some good usage, if you ask me. And also called the FBI. Yeah. In the post credit scene, he's, you know, arresting everybody, coordinating cleanup. Yeah. He's like a, he's like the big wig now. He's in charge. Now that Hayward's gone. One of the things that I think this show did, one of the other things I'll remember, is it took bit characters from certain movies, like Darcy from Thor, or it took... You know, Monica yeah. obviously wasn't, from my understanding, wasn't a bit character in Captain Marvel, but she kind of was because she was a kid in Captain Marvel. And then you took Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man, and all these people are, they, you gave them big roles in this universe. And I think that's going to be something cool where you give guys like Randall Park or um, Kat Dennings or Tiana Paris, you give them their opportunities to expand their roles because they're good actors, but you're wasting them in like small movie parts. So that, that going yeah. back to your, one of your original questions, I think that's another way I'll remember the show is like, this is going to be a vehicle. Like we're going to get that with uh, Peggy's niece. Her name is Sharon, right? Right. Sharon Carter. She's yep. going to be in, heavily featured in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I actually got it right. Um, 
she's gonna I from what it looks like, she's gonna be heavily featured in that. Zemo. We didn't get a whole lot of Zemo time in Civil War. So Zemo. he's wearing the mask, baby. He's wearing the mask. I love it. I think that's something cool that they're going to do with these MCU shows is they're going to take these characters that, you know, didn't get a whole lot of screen time. Now they're going to make them develop characters. Yeah. And one thing you saw a lot, especially early on when Darcy and Jimmy came back in the show, uh, people wanted like a Jimmy and Darcy X-Files kind of show. I don't think that's going to happen, but the fact the fact that you can uh, say that and not get made fun of, it's, I think it's pretty cool. If you said that on January 1st, people would have laughed you out of the room. Right. <laughs> Darcy, what we haven't seen her since fucking Dark World. Jimmy Woo, that the <laughs> the guy looked like a schmuck in Ant-Man and the Wasp, him. And now it's like, yeah, I'd watch that. I'd watch the X-Files show with these guys. It's just the things they do with these secondary and even lower tertiary, you know, characters. Mm-hmm. It's it's what sets them apart from a lot of franchises. Absolutely. A ton of franchises. I mean, not to keep hitting on Thrones, but Thrones did it. Um, Harry the Potter wi- in the book does it. The Wire does it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's what's... I think it might be the... I mean, there's a lot of crowning achievements for the MCU, but that's definitely one of them to me. Um, the next scene, Agatha frees the Westview residents for uh, a temporary amount of time. This is one of the more, this is one of the eerier scenes in the whole series, in my opinion. I mean, like I said, Dottie, you haven't seen her in God knows how long. And all these people are just, Wanda's finally seeing these people come forward, pour out their souls to her and like beg, beg to get back to their normal lives. I mean, I don't know what the amount of time, amount of real time was in the show. I feel like it was a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, I would say about, let's just say two two weeks to about 17 days. It's which is still a long time. <laughs> a long time to have your mind fucked up, for sure. And <laughs> I just thought this is one of the eerier scenes in the show. It was really kind of creepy. Well, so I think the eeriest part is after all these people are pouring out their souls to her. And this does a good job of showing Wanda's compromised emotional state. She's really not equipped to be dealing with this at all. She wants to be dealing with her own, like, you know, the fantasy world that she created to deal with, you know, the trauma that we explored in the last episode. Right. So how she responds after Agatha does all this is, is not like you know trying to calm people down apologizing she starts choking everybody yeah and it's like you start to think maybe agatha has a point like all this power unfettered like she could kill a lot of people like we already know this already from lagos right she could kill a lot of people but i think the way she responded for the rest of the episode kind of redeemed her but that was not a good luck right there it wasn't a good look, and I kind of got some Jean Grey, Professor X vibes where you're that powerful, you can control people's minds, and if one thing goes sideways, uh, how many people are you going to kill? Like, she could have killed the whole town if one thing went uh, how she hadn't planned, but it was a really eerie scene. Uh, we get the Sorcerer Supreme name drop. 
the boner joke and Wanda trying to end the hex. I thought was a pretty cool visual sequence. Um, she was really. I think if she had, if Vision and the kids hadn't shown up, I think she would have ended it. Yeah, probably, but because it's so conflicting. Because on on the one hand, you end the hex, you end your family, but on the other hand, you're hurting several thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> like obviously the town square couldn't do justice how many people she was holding in her power, <laughs> right? Like how many oh, people were there? Hundreds of people. Like. At most, like five thousand people, which is a lot of fucking people. So yeah, it's fucking that's like size of my high school, <laughs> right? Exactly. So that's a lot of that's a lot of people. So it was probably always going to end poorly for Wanda, and yeah, we'll talk more about the ending later. But I feel like I understand where the conflict was for her internally because these are her children and these are her, you know, these are like, it's vision. She didn't have vision and now she has them again. She has to give it all up. So I understand that conflict 1 million percent. Yeah. And uh vision, this is what maybe my favorite sequence in the, in the show. And I think, is this one you had a gripe with? It's okay. So I'm sure you've seen the TV tropes page. Yes. Sure you've heard of it. So okay. So there's one. Yes. Is your sentient supercomputer acting up? Good news. There's an easy solution. Confuse it. Zachary, this is called a logic bomb. Damn. Okay. You. So this logic bomb actually makes sense. All right. What the visions are saying to each other. I can understand. But that being said, <laughs> I just kind of wish it kind of felt anticlimactic to me. Like I I was surprised at how little light vision there was. I thought there was going to be more. Me too. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. He I thought the battle the one-on-one battle between them would be a lot more drawn out. I thought it would end with one of them dying. And what we got was White Vision fucked off halfway through the episode. <laughs> With a logic bomb. Yeah. I, and trust me, I love the episode, but this episode kind of hinges on like a really basic TV trope. And... <laughs> Especially because the last episode ended with the wand, the uh, white vision. You know, they planted that seed, and one of the questions I'll just ask the question now is one of the ones I had for the end. What What the hell happened to White Vision? I mean, we're gonna see him again. You gotta think. You would think he would go to help Wanda after getting his memory ba- memories back too. That's one of my like biggest confusion points because if he has his memories back why wouldn't he go right back to Wanda? It seems that he regains all semblance of a personality once Vision restores his memories. Like, we see the change in his eyes, and I think one yeah. of the coolest, you know, sequences in the whole show, like, he he actually develops, like, corneas in an eyeball, right? Yeah, that was cool. Like, I think that was cool, but then, like, he just fucks off and just leaves. <laughs> and this is, like, halfway through the episode. If I had one gripe with this episode, this was it. Because that's fine. I, just, I felt like there was going to be more white vision, but that's that's just me. 
that's just me. No, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I thought, I thought that was going to be the climactic battle, and I thought that's where the cameo might come in. You get a Magneto or Doctor Strange steps in and saves the day, but no, no. But you got to think we're going to see White Vision somewhere along the line. I mean, that is the real Vision, regardless of uh, where his personality or state of mind's at right now. That is the real Vision, so. I got to believe we're going to see him again. Uh, the kids show off their powers a little bit against the sword agents. And really the best Monica, there's like two Monica scenes, three counting the PS scene. And this is the best one. I think uh, saving the kids. I mean, saving the kids, the bullets just go right through her. Imagine shooting someone and watching the bullets phase right through them. I think that she, yeah, she displays, we don't know what exactly her powers are going to be. Are her powers still going to exist exist after the hex? I say yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the hex. The, yeah, I think so. I mean, the hex gave her the powers, so yeah, that's what I think. I I have a lot of Monica questions again, but I think that they handled her like again. It sucks that she she didn't have a bigger role in this episode, but just not a lot of time given that you wanted to set up the Agatha and you clearly wanted to set up the Scarlet Witch. It's clearly what they were going for. Yeah, so. you had to do that. You had to do that. This uh, is definitely like a setup kind of thing. And the yeah. show the show as a whole, which I'm not mad at, but I do feel like it cut off some storylines in service of that, but I can't I can't really complain with the whole general direction of the show personally. But yeah, I thought the Monica, the bullets just phasing through her. <laughs> like, that, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck her powers are because we like barely scratched the surface with her. But she's already one of the most intriguing, like, in terms of potential, she's like Bryce Harper in the 2011 draft, <laughs> where the team drafted Bryce Harper and you thought he was going to be, you know, the next coming of. Of Babe Ruth, so the, the really the sky's the limit for for Monica. Like, what's her superhero name gonna be? You know, what are her powers gonna be? When is she gonna show up again? I think these are all relevant questions, and I think that she is she's the rookie of the year for Marvel for sure. I'll say. Well, I feel like there's a chance she could be uh, the Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel too, because where is uh, Carol Danvers right now? I don't know. I don't know where the fuck she is. She's in space somewhere, but um, she's definitely going to be a major player in the MCU down the road. There's no doubt about it. Darcy uh, then, and pretty much her only scene in the episode takes out Hayward. Sorry, ass, and you love to see it. You love to see it. Just, just nails him. Just you really love to see it. You love to see it, folks. All right, you keep talking. So. I've been arguing with you that Hayward's not entirely incompetent, but I think I lost when this motherfucker, <laughs> instead of just driving his military vehicle straight forward, backed up. Like, you're driving an armored car. It's going to kill somebody no matter how fast you go. You could run someone over at 10 miles an hour and it would still squish them like a bug. Uh, you know, I, let me just uh, make the comp now because I can't, I can't wait anymore. Hayward is Justin Hammer. 
That's who oh, he is. No, he's. I think he's even worse than Justin Hammer. He's is... he's a guy. He's a guy in a power position who shouldn't be there. Who doesn't know what to do. He makes a fool of himself. I I just got Justin Hammer vibes the whole time. We didn't even get Elon Musk. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's Justin Hammer. Give me was, Justin Hammer over Hayward, honestly. I was gonna say that might be an insult to Justin Hammer. <laughs> um, Justin Hammer, for all we know, is still alive in the MCU, by the way. Oh yeah. I mean he's in jail, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's no way he survived jail though. Been there for ten years. Oh no, no. No, maybe not. Maybe he got snapped. But I guess he'd be back if he got snapped. Who knows? <laughs> I feel bad because we're comparing this Josh Stamberg who plays Hayward, who to Sam Rockwell, <laughs> to Sam Rockwell. I, I do feel bad for the guy because he's, you know, in real life, he might be a he might be a nice guy, but it's <laughs> listen, you know, the guy's not going to stick around when his most uh, prominent role was a regular in the Lifetime comedy drama series, Drop Dead Diva. Oh, well, that's the thing. That's, I mean, I don't have many gripes, if you can call them that, with the MCU, but one I have with Phase 1 in particular is you kind of wasted a guy like Sam Rockwell. Was Danny, who played the, uh, I don't remember the name of the villain in... Uh, Mickey Rourke? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like... Ivan Vanko, yeah. You're running out of guys to cast. You're right. Ben Kingsley's gone. <laughs> Terrence Howard. Uh, <laughs> wow. Jeff Bridges, gone. You know? The the Terrence Howard Bridges, um, beyond burned. Oh, he, he gets... He, he's, not, he's not coming He's back. never coming back. He's never stepping foot in a Marvel... <laughs> Maybe in a movie, period, ever again. <laughs> Cheadle is so much better than Terrence Howard. It's not even funny. It's not even funny to joke about anymore. Don Cheadle's accent in the Oceans movie was better than Terrence Howard was in Iron Man. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Oh, God. Oh. Sprite oh. said to blow. Terrence Howard taking L's on Circle C Cinema tonight. But uh, Wanda then taps into Agatha's memories. I thought this was pretty cool. Um, and but I thought the runes part was maybe the best part of the show. best part. I thought it was kind of like a Yoda, the pad or not Yoda, but like a Star Wars, the Padawan becomes the master kind yeah. of idea. Like we see that in Star Wars a lot. And I, I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head. You could probably think of some better than I could. But, or like when Obi-Wan is dueling uh, Darth Vader and Darth Vader is like, when you knew me, you were, you were the master. Now I am the master or something like that. Like going back to A New Hope, which I haven't. Yeah. I haven't seen it forever, surprisingly. So I need to watch that again because New Hope is still a very good movie, but. Oh, it's a goat movie. Um, Yeah it's kind of like that idea where she kind of learned all her tricks while not giving away that. Cause Agatha was very like exposition, exposition villain where she was like, Oh, you know, Oh honey, don't you know, you can't cast runes. You can't cast spells in a, 
place where a magician casts their runes, and then she uh, kind of eat shit here. Well, she has the whole advantage of the whole hex being her place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so in addition to giving away your game plan, that you're giving this predator. It's like giving a young Michael Jordan. It's like talking trash to 21 year old Michael Jordan and then him dropping 60 on your head. Like, this is what this is like. Like you are teaching young Michael Jordan. Like you're on a roll tonight. I, I am, you know, just all the <laughs> basketball comparisons, but it, it's like, you're watching this or like, it's like Michael Jordan taking lessons from Dr. J, right? This didn't happen, but let's just say it did. Right. He learns all his moves. He's watching all his moves and then he dunks on his head and drops 50 on him. That's the example, right? Like, yeah. Just and then also hitting 15 footers over his head, which Dr. J couldn't do. And this this didn't happen, but let's just say it did, right? Like this is what this is. Or LeBron watching like Dirk stealing Dirk's post moves and then dropping 50 on Dirk, something like that, right? Like that'd be sad. That'd be sad. Yeah, it would be sad, but I mean also if there's anyone you wouldn't doubt to be able to do it, it would be LeBron. So <laughs> but I uh, like, he could this, score 50 on anybody. Yeah, especially on late stage Dirk. I mean, I probably oh, could have scored fifty on on late stage Dirk, but seventy on him. Um, no, like she learned all. Agatha taught her all her tricks, and it was pretty stupid of Agatha to not assume that this like predator naturally talented witch is going to learn all your fucking tricks. And not only that, you're just like here. Here how here's how I do my spells. You know? It's a dumb move. It's a totally dumb move. Uh and then Wanaka I did it again. I fucking did it again. <laughs> you and I both. Monica has nothing to do with this scene. I don't know why I brought her up. Wanda becomes the Scarlet Witch for the first time in the MCU. We all knew it was coming to this ever since 2015, ever since Age of Ultron, and now we're here. She even has the costume on, revamped costume, I, I must say. I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. I love the heroes and costumes. Maybe not for the whole time, but maybe just a little snapshot. It makes me happy. To use another sports comparison, but a different sport, I think you'll appreciate this one. Wanda rope-a-doped her. She rope-a-doped Agnet, or, <laughs> Yeah, she rope-a-doped Agatha. For those that don't know... Muhammad Ali went into the fight against George Foreman and George Foreman's like, you know, this big guy, he's full of energy. And Muhammad Ali at this point is like old vet, you know, full of, full of wisdom. And what Muhammad Ali does is he just stands there and takes punch after punch, after punch, after punch until Foreman is exhausted. And then Muhammad Ali known for his quick strikes just goes and knocks him over after in a certain round and knocks him out because Foreman is exhausted. And that's basically, I mean, Zach, you would agree this is what this is what Wanda did to Agatha here. Yeah, it's totally what she, it's totally what she did. <laughs> and then on top of it, Alex traps her in her schmuck form. <laughs> she has to live with Ralph Boner. <laughs> yes, Ralph finally revealed. Ralph Boner. <laughs> so Agnes's name is Agnes Boner. Is that what I have to believe? I mean. There's a joke here that I can make that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make, but um, <laughs> I'm not gonna touch it with a ten foot pole right now. Uh, okay, but right. um, this is a she didn't. But like, if she's living in Ralph's house, 
to poor Ralph. Oh, oh, you know what this means? He was Ralph the whole time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't. I just realized this now, huh? Yeah. Agnes, full surprises. They boner, ladies and gentlemen. They really did a good job paying attention to detail. I got. I got to hand it to them. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, one of the more emotional scenes in the whole series. uh, I, I would say second to only what we got last episode. Wanda, say goodbye to the kids and to Vision. Um, tough goodbye, but we knew it. We knew it was coming, Alex. We knew from the start. We knew. I mean, this the kids dying this way <laughs> was a lot better alternative than a lot of the alternatives that we were presented with coming before the series. I mean, it was a lot gentler. Um, it's a lot more emotional, <laughs> and I mean, I guess them actually dying would have been a lot more emotional technically, but Wanda got to say goodbye to them. Yeah. And she this that was like a theme of the series is that she didn't really get to say goodbye to Vision. She didn't really get to say goodbye to her parents. She didn't really get to say goodbye to Pietro. So not at all. They have this going through the whole series where she doesn't get to say goodbye to anybody. So at least you know the nice thing is she gets to achieve some form of catharsis. And yeah, it was it was really beautiful because she finally got to say goodbye, even if it wasn't the real vision. If it, it felt like it, you know, it felt like it to her, and that's that's really what matters in the end. You know, she, I mean, again, she's the main character of the story. Her feelings are what matter the most, and she she got to say goodbye to the person that she loved, the synthesoid, carbon synthesoid that she loved. Um, <laughs> I did like the explanation. She's envisioned asked her at like, as he's about to disappear, he's like, how did you make me? And she's like, you're the part of the mind stone. Right. That's in me. And I thought that was cool, but yeah, yeah. that was, that was cool. I thought it was a fitting end to the vision that we got in this series. And it was probably the absolute best case scenario for Wanda. <laughs> Let's be real. So yeah, it totally, it totally was. <laughs> Uh, and then this one, Wanda tells Monica that people are going to fear her no matter what, which is sad but true because we saw this a little bit in Civil War when all the Lagos stuff happened. Um, it's it's a fact, I think, honestly, especially after this. I mean, people are never going to look at it the same now. Zach, you're telling me I shouldn't be scared of a person who can con- mind control a whole town? <laughs> You're telling me uh, I shouldn't be scared of that? Ah, I mean, ah, ah, forget it. That's all you got? Bah. That's all you- <laughs> ah, forget it. Monica's right. I mean, people are going to be terrified of her. Hell, if I lived in that world, I would be terrified of her. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm moving out of Westview the next day, dude. She, you know, like brick in a... Uh, like Brick and Anchorman, she should probably find somewhere to lay low for a while because she definitely killed the guy. If I lived in Westview, I'd be like, all right, where do the Avengers do most of their damage? Okay, I'm moving to Montana. (laughs) They won't bother me in Montana. (laughs) But think about the irreparable psychological damage that she's done to those poor people in Westview. Like, what did... We didn't ever find out the guy who was playing Norm's real, like, the character's actual name, right? Like, we only knew him as Norm. Yeah. Like, did Norm's dad die? Like... Right! 
I guess I mean, we man, I don't think we'll ever get the answer to that, honestly. No, of course not. Unfortunately, they don't give a fuck about Norm. Norm, I give a fuck about you, okay? But <laughs> Alex is here for you, Norm. That's right. Norm, if you need me, contact me at <laughs> at Caleb Lynn One on Twitter. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah. I mean, we're not gonna find out these answers, but they're psychologically scarred for all this David like that Wanda basically I mean we say mind fucked all the time but she actually mind fucked them totally did <laughs> like if you want to be literal about it it's exactly what she did so yeah that's one of the scariest things in the world is not being in control of your own thoughts like if you are so inclined to believe that way like some people I don't pass judgment but some people like to get drunk I don't like to get drunk because I like to be in control of my my thoughts and you're free to get again. I don't care. You know, I've been around Zach plenty of times when he's been incriminating. I have some incriminating saying? photos. What are you saying? But, <laughs> but I just I myself am terrified at the thought of someone controlling my my thoughts and you know my consciousness. I want to be in control of my own thoughts. Like that's something you know a binge mode thing that they always talk about is one of the most important values in a fantasy story is always control. Like you're yep. in control of your destiny. You're in control. And for from better, both sides, hero and villain. Exactly. And Wanda, if you from a certain point of view in the series, is a villain because she robbed people of that control. Yep. So that's one of the beautiful things about the show is you could come away from it and still be looking at the terrible things Wanda did and be like, okay, she was grieving, but does that make this okay? It's Great characters are always the best for a TV show. Just plain and simple. And we'll talk about more about great characters next week, but great characters, generally speaking, make for the most compelling television, and Wanda in this series was a lot of gray. So that, that was something I appreciate about the series, too. It's it's It was a great finish, and the, the PS scenes... We talked about the scrolls uh, a little bit. They visit Monica, and they're she's going on a mission of her own with the scrolls. And then this one is the one I wanted to hit on real quick. Wanda is uh, in some Hulk-style isolation. She's like out in the middle of nowhere by herself. She very well might be in Montana. I was making a joke, but is she, she she might be. Is she visiting Phil Jackson's lodge up there? <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn the triangle. The triangle the is right place. <laughs> I can teach you the ways of Michael and Scotty. <laughs> well, be... well, you see, Scotty knew uh, how to run the triangle. He was how? a handler. <laughs> um, LeBron Posse. Then he starts being racist and Wanda has to... <laughs> he starts being racist and Wanda has to dip the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, I think Derek Fisher will be a great coach for this franchise. <laughs> uh, Wanda, here's the boys calling for help. And uh, what is going on? Hold on. <laughs> I need a minute. Derek Fisher. <laughs> They're yeah, just a while since I made a Knicks dig on the, on the show. They haven't given you anything, any material. <laughs> you need to go back in your bag. Um, listen, we two I, Wanda's in the scene. Yes, that it was confusing. 
I mean, first she's chilling in her athleisure. I'm really surprised we didn't see any Lululemon lemon branding at all in this the last couple episodes. <laughs> um, well, you know they're not allowed to use brands in MCU. Really, tell that to Buick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clothing brands, damn it. Fair, fair, but <laughs> I did feel like Wanda was wearing Nikes in the last episode, though. Yeah, I do think I do think she was, but I think by the look of it, yeah, it seemed like that. The boys are coming back at some point. <laughs> I I think we can lock that in too. I think we can. I I think it's too uh, dark to go down that path for a Disney property. Even though they did make a dick joke, but um, I saw a theory that it could be a lead into Multiverse of Madness that the boys were somehow transported to a different dimension, and mm. she needs Doctor Strange's help to get him back. Maybe that's maybe that. Could ah, be yeah. Very a lot of interesting possibilities. I know the boys do come back in the comics, don't they? I know, like yeah. Obviously, we talk about the the story, the House of M story, and it involves the kids being reabsorbed to Mephisto. But I mean, I heard they come back in like Young Avengers. So, yeah, I they mean, do. They do come back. I mean, they're not the kids are going to come back. I mean, I think people like those characters, um, Tommy and Billy. Um, they'll be back. They'll be back. So I'm not I'm too concerned about that. And I think the multiverse of madness theory is fascinating for many reasons. So. <laughs> Well, Alex, these are uh, three questions we had at the end. I think we answered them all. Look, to be honest. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say Hayward, God, the worst MCU villain. Can you even count him as a villain, dude? No, I don't, I don't think... even think he was smart enough to be a villain. Well, I think the beauty of the show was that there was no pure villain. Because you could say maybe Agatha was the villain. You could say, but then you yeah. could also paint, you could paint. Agatha is not a villain. You could paint, you know. That's what was fueling all these theories. Right. Who's the villain? Who's it going to be? Right. And I think, listen, if you're just looking at it in black and white strokes, then Agatha is the villain. Yeah. But with the gray, I mean, you could. Yeah, exactly. You could, you know, with the gray, if you look at it, if you paint it gray enough, you could look at it and say Agatha was well within her rights to try and stop this witch of lore. Yeah. <laughs> from to try to stop this scarlet witch. And obviously, yes, we know Wanda is a is a superhero, right? So she was always gonna end up on the side of good. But I mean I think you could look at this show either through a black or white lens or a gray lens. And I don't think you're wrong at looking at it through either either lens, if that makes sense. I think that that's kind of the beauty of the show. Like you can interpret it a lot of different ways. It's not just, it's more to the eye of the beholder than it is to any one given person. Like I think you can come away with the show thinking like, you know, maybe white vision was the villain. Maybe, you know, like you could go a lot of different ways. Obviously white vision wasn't around long enough, but you get what I'm saying. Like, right. Dottie was kind of a villain at one point. Like there's no set villain in the show. Like, whereas most of the movies, you know, for a comic book movie to work, you need a villain. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's something that they, it's cool. Like they're not, obviously not going to do that in the captain in the um, Falcon and the winter soldier show. Like you're not going to, that show is going to have a defined villain because that's going to be a mostly action show, but this show, which Can't is more wait. of a conceptual show, you can kind of fuck around with it. 
And I th- I would want to see them fuck around more. Like, this is scratching the surface of them just fucking around with concepts. Well, I think uh, the Loki show is going to take that to another level. Yeah, exactly. And I can't yeah. wait to see that either. The What If show, where they're making, you know, heroes, villains. Yeah. Where T'Challa... I, I know one of them I saw is that T'Challa was Star-Lord. So, oh, my God. I can't, I can't wait for that show. <laughs> I can't either. That's... <laughs> That's the old uh, Bill Simmons fan in me coming out. <laughs> shout out the book of basketball, but actually not shout out the book of basketball, but um, yeah, it's a great book. It's, it's a great book, book, but also a lot, a lot of misogyny. Um, a lot of dick so, jokes. A lot of dick jokes. <laughs> Pray that I'm not writing like that when I'm 40 years old, but let's, let's go ahead and move on. I, so I'll, I'll take this next one, Zach. So yeah, take the plug. So for next week, so obviously there's no new Marvel shows coming out, and Zach's got the road to Fast Five, so he's he's got his hands pretty full already. Um, I wanted to make sure that Coming to America Pod came out this week, so that's why we had a little bit of extra content this week. But Zach and I are going to record <laughs> next week. If you are a fan of The Wire or you are a fan of Game of Thrones, we are going to do character drafts like we did with the Bane voice draft. Ricky Bobby. Um, I'm going to go back to that. But we're going to be doing character drafts for both of those shows. And if you know anything about either of those shows, is they have a deep, deep stable of characters to draft from. Like, the amount of compelling characters in the show are going to... Like, Poot is a great TV character on any other show. Yeah! He is going to go undrafted. I gear, No one is drafting Poot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna lock that in. No one is drafting Poot. No. So, do you think uh, Peter Baelish gets drafted? Oh, absolutely! Wow. Oh yeah, he is. I mean, wow. now the question I didn't is have him on my list. Well, the question is: Is Tommy Carcetti gonna get drafted? No, no, not but by me. <laughs> I'll draft Norman before I draft him. <laughs> Norman was an underutilized character, and. I'm not going to change my mind about this, but yes, those two shows have such a deep, deep well of characters. Like Parketti in any other show is be, would be one of the main characters, but the way they, they had to write him or they had to write around him kind of. Yeah. You know, those shows are really pretty similar because you got these overarching storylines in every season and then it all culminates in the end. Yeah, and so I can't. Lot, I can't wait for these. A lot of important characters dying. The thing, the thing, the Wire did that I would kind of wish the Game of Thrones did better. And this is kind of a spoiler, but I'll talk around it so that it's not exactly spoiling anything. Well, there will be spoilers on that episode. Though. There will be a lot of spoilers on that episode, but <laughs> the Wire actually replaced characters that went away. And while well, Game of Thrones didn't necessarily do that and i thought that was one of game of thrones overarching problems but that's just me personally i think zach and i may disagree on that a little bit but i thought the stable of characters at the end was a, was a little dry but that's just me personally that's a fair take um and then so i'll go ahead and plug my pods zach so I will be appearing on Battleground next week. I'm very excited for this. I haven't yes. appeared on Battleground since I was moderating it. Yeah. So I can't wait to debate JD and Bryce about MVP defensive player of the year. I think, I think we should stick to like the major awards. Cause I'm going to be doing all NBA with Dylan on the power hour next week. Right. 
Um, so we should stick to like the, the easy ones because all NBA is going to take forever on its own. <laughs> so, but it's going to be tough. It, it's really going to be tough. But Zach, I may have, I may have, if you, I don't know if you've caught the last power hour, but I may or may not have said who I think is going to be, who I have as my leading MVP candidate on the last, on the last pod. I have not did, checked. I have not heard it yet. We did the magic. The oh, Grizzlies. Who is it? We did the magic, the Grizzlies and the trailblazers. I said, Damian Lillard. It's currently yes. my leading candidate for MVP. And normally respect. Normally I wouldn't do go out on a limb after 35 games and say who's MVP. <laughs> but since this is the halfway point of this season, and Dave has just been fucking phenomenal. That team as usual has no business being the fifth seed. Absolutely no business. No. Let's see. They are they're only three games in the win column behind the Clippers right now. So right now you have that's ridiculous. Clippers four, Portland five, Denver six. When Enos Cantor is one of your most important players, that's ridiculous. I'm waiting for Caleb Lynn to listen. We're recording this on Friday night because Caleb is a very he hates Enos Cantor, and I may or may not have said there's a certain player that's on the bench for the Cavaliers right now that I would rather have Cantor over. Oh, uh oh. I'm not even, oh, oh, oh. Caleb will not be happy. He will not be happy. If he took Enos Cantor over a washing machine, Caleb would be upset. <laughs> yes, yes, he would. <laughs> yes, he would. But that's the beauty of having Caleb Blaine as a friend. <laughs> so, yeah, go check out our last power hour because we, we also blew up the magic. Um, good, good. The magic Sorry, franchise. Just an abomination. So... That's all. That's all I got coming down the pipe. So I know you got the road to Fast Nine. <laughs> the first two episodes are absolute heaters. And then who do you you have uh, the Battleground crew on next week, right? So it'll just be a regular old pod for you guys. Yeah, we got you coming on to that one on that Battleground, and then yeah, yeah, on the Fast, the Road to Fast Nine, Tokyo Drift with JD and Bryce. I'm looking forward to that. I I got a lot of content. In the chamber out. That's why we're we're holding X two because <laughs> you just have so much coming out right now. It's like a fucking fountain. <laughs> Favorite movie series. Uh, next up is Bryce with Inception. I don't think we're gonna get to record that next week. Probably the week after, but that that will be great. And then uh, I'm going to have to get my Justice League monologue out here soon because Snyder Cut's creeping up on us, Alex. If Snyder Cut's like... The week, the week of the days. final four. Yeah, so... Or not yeah. the, uh, the selection Sunday, so... That's crazy. That's so crazy. All that coming. Um, let me let me look up real quick, because I forgot to do this on the pod last night. The favorite movie uh, schedule here. Caleb wanted to know oh. the schedule, and I didn't give it to him. <laughs> I know I'm after... I know I'm after Bryce, and I, I'm doing Goodwill Hunting, so that'll, that'll give you a little bit of time to stall. That'll be great. Goodwill Hunting is my favorite movie. Um, it's not your yes. fault, son. <laughs> it's not your fault, son. It's not even my favorite part of the whole movie. We'll we'll get to that later. But I mean, I can't wait. That's I can't wait to talk about that. Can't wait to talk about any of these. But next up is Bryce with Inception, Alex with Goodwill Hunting, Dylan who uh, does not know what he wants to talk about yet. He's leaning Parasite. But uh, we'll see what he lands on. Devin Voss with the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. 
Those are rookie numbers, kid. You got to pump those up. Got to pump those up at least twice a day. Uh, JD Hall with Scarface, of course. And that's, then... that's the most on brand thing, JD. Like, <laughs> other than Caleb throwing in a Gallinari shot during the the coming to America uh, pod, that's one of the most on brand things in this whole network. So shameless, shameless. And then if I've even booked Ryan Gregory. Remember the Titans. <laughs> Another on-brand pick. Oh, yes. A lot of incredibly on-brand picks for people. Devin liking the Wolf of Wall Street, I will say. Devin's always full of surprises, so I'll, I'll give him that. But yeah, Bryce, Bryce with Inception was incredibly on-brand. JD with Scarface was almost too on-brand, but... <laughs> Oh, also next week, uh, Silence of the Lambs, one of my favorite movies. I think one of the top 10 movies ever, if you ask me. I have my good friend Cooper Ogle on to discuss its 30th anniversary. I am a coward, so I refuse to watch Silence of the Lambs, but more power to you, Zach. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. But, and then also Triple Option Pass is going to be start. I'm going to have them. Uh, contemplate when they're going to start draft coverage. I think Ryan's going on vacation this week, so hopefully we can we can start banging stuff out the week after. Uh, they're, that. they're slacking. They're just saying they're slacking, Alex. They're, they're slacking. It's the off. season. <laughs> it's the off season. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to have them talk about FCS? <laughs> no, I take it back. I take it back. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I mean, I'm just I'm defending my guys here. You know, I'm in their foxhole. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. They they know I kid. They know. <laughs> uh, all right, Alex. Well, I think that's it. Oh, also, make sure you check out Insanity because they're going to have the best NCAA oh, yeah. tournament coverage around. So, yeah, we have an inside man, Alex. Yeah, well, two inside men, but I'm not going to hop on Insanity because I'm going to be. <laughs> You're going to be busy. I I already have an NBA pod to do, and that week I think is going to be Nuggets week. So. <laughs> Um, I have priorities, <laughs> but in all seriousness, yeah, go check out all the pods on the right. Like running hook is just absolutely phenomenal and you're missing out if you're not listening. So go check that out. Well, Alex, I want to thank you before we go. This was a, a great run we had on WandaVision and it's going to continue with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I will be a little spotty, a little spottier on those. Some of those I won't be on, but that'll, that'll be okay because we'll we'll be coming at you with some strong Falcon and the Winter Soldier episodes anyway. So make sure yeah, you go baby. check that out. Yeah, baby. And as always, folks, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>